Hello. Welcome to the very first episode of a new podcast called A Royal Review. This podcast is going to be focusing on the monarchies of Europe, uh, their weekly events, things like that. Uh, Welcome to, like I said, the very first episode. Um, A couple of things that we're going to talk about first, kind of what this podcast is going to look like. So as we all know, we are living in the year 2023. Uh, This podcast will be a weekly podcast. It is going to be going up on Mondays. I realize today is not a Monday. That is a whole thing that we will talk about another day Um, or never really um, because the best laid plans. My name is Shelby and I have been following royal families of Europe for um, a very long time. No, it's been um, I think 11 years this year. No. 12 years this year. Um, I've been following since the wedding of the now Prince and Princess of Wales, um, at that point, uh, William and Kate. Um, and that introduced me to other royals, primarily the Swedish royals, and that has just snowballed and now we're involved and I pretty much follow everybody's events all the time. Um, I am currently, uh, living in Spain for reasons pretty much unrelated to the Spanish royal family, but they were my introduction to Spain and Spanish culture and all of that. Um, So that has provided a new perspective on living here um, and the the effects that monarchies have in the countries that they, you know, actually live in. I am an American, uh, so I never grew up around a monarchy, uh, things like that. So it's just an interesting thing to use as a comparison tool now. The focus of this podcast is going to be on seven European royal families. So I've always defined this and we'll talk about always um, why I say that in a minute. Um, I've always defined the seven royal families as the kingdoms uh, within Europe. So that is Belgium, the UK, Denmark, the Netherlands, Norway, Spain, and Sweden. Um, There are other European monarchies, um, but they're not kingdoms. They are not kings or queens of their countries. They are princes and grand dukes and things like that. It's just different. They also don't have as much content. um, And not not only that, but they're not as big and they don't have as much of a following Um, from me or from a lot of others. However, um, doing this podcast this way, that does not mean that things like that will not come up. Um, So for example, the hereditary Grand Duke and Duchess of Luxembourg are expecting a second baby. Like, I'm sure I'm going to talk about it. The podcast is going to be geared at highlighting big events throughout every single week. So like I mentioned before, this is going to be a weekly podcast. Um, It is going to go up every Monday, so I will be recording on Sundays, and it will go up every Monday um, at noon. I don't know what time zone, I mean, I know what time it is where I am, but I don't know the time zone, Um, but whatever time it is at noon in Spain. I think it's GMT, but it it might not be. Um, (laughs) That's probably something I should just know, right? It's also going to highlight the charities that royals are visiting that week. Um, as well as some just like highlights from royal families from that week. Um, 
it is not going to talk about a lot of, um, for lack of a better word, drama um, that is going on, and there is a lot of it. Now, again, this does not mean it will never come up. Things like this are going to come up. I will talk about things like this um, that are dramatic or intense, um, provided they have some sort of relevance. So if they're kind of irrelevant to everything going on from normal working life then I, of the royals, then I'm not going to talk about them. Um, so I'm mainly thinking here, and look, I'll be very honest from the, from the onset, like, I am not going to be talking about Harry and Meghan, almost ever. Now, if something they do affects the daily lives of the British royal family, um, or something is happening there on a grander scale, yes, I'm going to talk about it. But the day-to-day of that, not going to be an ongoing conversation. Um, the same thing, okay, so there's also that, there's a drama thing that's kind of just always in the background in Spain. Um, so King Juan Carlos has exiled himself. It's a whole thing. Um, I'm not going to talk about that every day unless it is something that impacts the current Spanish royal family or is something that, um, the Spanish royal family has deemed fit to release a statement on, which they did randomly last summer for some unknown reason. Um, so that is going to happen occasionally, but it's not going to be the focus of this podcast. Um, that's never been something I want to focus on in ever. So we're just not going to, um, the other thing it's not really going to focus on is fashion and clothing. I don't, I don't get it. Um, fashion and clothing is not my thing. I can like a lot of outfits, but the outfits I like are very, um, I think fashion is such like a personal thing and what outfits you like is such a personal thing that it's not going to be universal for everybody. So, um, I just don't really talk about it. It's also just not something I enjoy speaking about, so I won't be doing it now. (laughs) If you've noticed a few times, I have already said, like, always in the past, um, that is because I have done a podcast similar to this before. Um, So I used to run and host the podcast. It was called The Daily Royal. Um, It came out every day. It was this on a daily scale, essentially. Um, However, uh, life changed. So last year I started um, kind of every day, but not really, Um, and then I stopped in April Um, for a lot of reasons. The main one is I began working a full-time job um, in January, and I was trying to do both, and it just wasn't really happening. Um, I was also, (laughs) through all of 2022, preparing to move. Um, so in 2022, I lived in the U.S. In 2023, uh, I live in Spain. So that whole year was um, a lot of preparation to move here. Um, an international move is not, it's not easy and it's not without a massive time commitment. Um, and so I was doing that and then I changed jobs Um, and that, 
became bigger of a thing. And again, I, I was just moving to Spain. Um, and also, a lot of the daily work got overwhelming. I tried to change how I was going to podcast. Um, and that still just like wasn't working for me. So I cut it out. Um, briefly, I thought about coming back, you know, there were some there were some big events that happened, um, particularly in the very last part of 2022. Um, about two weeks before I moved to Spain, three weeks before I moved to Spain, uh, there were some big events happening in the royal world that I, of course, w- wished I would have been talking about. Um, but I just couldn't. Um, and then some personal life things happened in that same kind of time frame. Um, and so then I really, really couldn't. Like I mentioned, I have moved to Spain. I, I have said that that really didn't have a lot to do with the royal family, and it doesn't. Um, it, of course, has some. I'm not going to pretend that it has absolutely nothing. Um, but by the time I made the decision to move, it had next to nothing to do with the Spanish royal family. That doesn't mean, however, that I haven't um, done some things in relation to seeing them, etc. So one thing that I was able to do um, in October, on October 12th, so that is Spain's national day, it's Dia de la Hispanidad, um, and I did get to go to that parade. Um, that is... <laughs> Maybe in October of this year, I'll share that experience because it was um, really funny and absolutely like nothing I expected. Um, The amount of the royal family I saw was just the car passing. That was it. Um, I didn't see the royal family at all. In fact, I have yet to see any members of the royal family like close up or even somewhat far away. I have seen them in a car. Um, and that's okay. Honestly, like, it's totally fine. That's not the end of why I'm here anymore. Um, it would be nice to see them at least once before I leave or if I do leave, whatever the case may be. Um, but I haven't yet. We'll see what 2023 brings. Um, I have an opportunity in a couple of days. We'll see if I go. So, that being said, um... That's been pretty interesting. I have visited the Royal Palace. I have gone to the um, cathedral, um, the Almadina Cathedral, which is right next to the Royal Palace, which is where King Felipe and Queen Letizia were married. Um, That was kind of cool. Um, I mean, there's lots of things that I have seen in person that I just saw on like television or YouTube videos for the past however many years. Um, That has been really cool. Um, watching King Felipe's speech like on time was a mind trip for some reason on Christmas Eve. Um, but again, just like these very, they relate to the royal family, but like very much watching them is still kind of the same. It's just everything is on the same time zone. Um, which brings me to why this podcast cannot be a daily podcast. Um, nor do I want it to be in all honesty. I am on the same time zone. Um, and so recording a podcast and posting it the next day or within a couple of hours is not 
ideal um, when I like to do some research behind each event. Not a ton, but like some. I like to know what's going on a little bit. Um, It's just not realistic in a world in which I am in the same time zone as most of the royal families. And in fact, an hour ahead of the British royal family. So when it hits a new day where I am, it is still yesterday in the UK. So I choose not to do that. Um, And that was always going to be the case when I moved here. Like I didn't know what was going to happen when the, when I was still running the Daily Royal. But now I know. We're just doing weeklies. Um, And also it got repetitive. And if there were no events, there was no point. But like it was still committed to do a podcast. So in a week, there's always going to be something. Now, is there always going to be something from every single royal family every single week? No. Um, This month is going to be slow. Like, yes, there are some things that we're going to talk about. But like there aren't that many events in February. Um... And so we're going to take it slow with that. Um, The goal is to highlight one to two, maybe three key events from each royal family um, and not make it person dependent. So if like um, this is still kind of the case with the British royal family, if King Charles and Queen Camilla are out and doing a ton of things, then I'm going to talk about a ton of the things they're doing even if the Prince and Princess of Wales have an event that's, like, relatively smaller. Um, That goes in the same vein as, like, in Denmark um, and Norway, because those are kind of the... And Sweden. Those are the multi-generational royals that, like, have consistently dual events. Um, And so that's what we'll talk about. Now, if there's nothing going on in any of those families, there's nothing to talk about, and that's okay. Um, so that is kind of the game plan there, a little bit of backstory, um, of why we're not doing this, um, the same way I have done this before, but I hope that you enjoy it all the same. I want to briefly talk about 2022. So originally I had planned on doing this whole 2022 review episode, um, as like, the second episode I launched, but it just, for a lot of reasons, doesn't make sense to go backwards. Um, so I want to highlight some of the big things that happened in kind of each of the royal families. Um, but overall, like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about them, but not at, at length or in depth for forever. So, um, starting with the Belgian royal family, and also, sorry, I'm going to interrupt myself, this is also kind of the format of how things are going to go. Um, We'll go in alphabetical order by each family and talk about the events. So, with the Belgian royal family, um, I think the biggest thing that I saw them really do over the course of 2022 um, was they completed the Belgian royals, so King Philippe and Queen Mathilde, completed a state visit. The Belgian royal family completed a state visit to the Democratic Republic of Congo, which um, there is a very painful history um, 
of the Congonese people from the atrocities of not only the Belgian people, um, the king of the Belgians at the time. Um, so I believe it was Leopold II uh, colonized the Congo for his own personal wealth and gain. Not for the wealth and gain of Belgium, but for his own personal wealth and gain. Um, and so for this state visit to take place means a lot of growth, um, a lot of diplomatic relations, and it went so smoothly. Um, it was from everything that I was reading, and I was following this one pretty closely, because even though I wasn't recording every day anymore, I was always peripherally watching events. Um, maybe not as intensely, but I still always kind of knew what was going on. Um, I just didn't focus as much on it in my day-to-day -day life, um, because there was a lot of other things going on in my day-to-day -day life. Um, so this went really, really smoothly. It It's one of the things that I was, um, I just really enjoyed seeing from the Belgian royal family. A lot of these things are things that were really cool to have happen. Um, some of them are not, uh, as we segue into the British royal family, because obviously the event that is going to mark 2022 for the British royal family is the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Queen Elizabeth II passed away on September 8th of 2022 um, after what seemed relatively suddenly. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I felt like it was sudden. Um, it felt like the announcement that she was unwell was sudden, like I did not expect it to happen when it did, um, but I also did not expect her to live much longer. Um, so it's it's weird because it wasn't like a, sh a shock in the in the time frame that it happened, but it also felt very surprising that it was happening. Um, and of course, being right after the, um, Platinum Jubilee, which was an amazing event to watch. Um, and I'm so glad for kind of everyone's sake that we all had that, um, beautiful moment of celebrating her 70 years on the throne. Um, and of course, then she passed and so now the UK has a king again for the first time in 70 years which is um shocking um so King Charles III is now king um after a very long stint as Prince of Wales uh, or heir to the throne um and the then <laughs> The um, now Prince of Wales and Princess of Wales are, of course, William and Catherine. So obviously that was a massive event um, in the UK and, quite frankly, in the world. Um, just, you know, not everyone who knows me in my real life knew my um, 
lived experience of the royal family or anything like that. And, you know, it was a daily conversation for the first couple of days. But that was, of course, the big thing for the British royal family. So now uh, the Danish royal family is next in our alphabetical order. So that is Queen Margrethe, Crown Prince Frederick, and Crown Princess Mary. Um, those are the people that I'm going to be talking about primarily, um, which is interesting because my main thing, um, actually has little to do with them. Um, but the, so there were a couple of big events over, um, the course of this year for the Danish royal family. Um, the biggest one was Queen Margrethe also celebrated a jubilee. So she celebrated her, her golden jubilee which is 50 years on the throne um it was supposed to be celebrated in february while we were in the throes of a covid um thing you know covid reared its ugly head as it does and things were pushed back and um And also in that time, Crown Princess Mary was celebrating her 50th birthday, which also had a lot of components. Um, It was just like a really interesting year for the Danish royal family. And that like, and we're going to see this with Sweden in 2023, that there's a big birthday and also a big jubilee all happening at the same time. Um, In Sweden, it's even more intense in all honesty, but like, um, it's just a big like... There was a lot going on. Um, So then we get to the point that Queen Margrethe is ready to celebrate her 50th Jubilee. There is massive events planned. And so, so sadly, uh, Queen Elizabeth passed away like a few days before these events were supposed to happen. So I don't remember the exact timeline correlation. Um because there was a lot happening in my, my personal life. Um, but I believe Queen Elizabeth passed away on a Thursday. And all of Queen Margrethe's events were supposed to happen that like Saturday and Sunday. Um, and so those were, were not postponed or canceled or anything, but they were definitely parred back. Um, but I am glad that they were still able to celebrate. It just, of course, didn't have the same vibe that everyone kind of expected and also you know Queen Margrethe had just lost a friend um they are the they were the only two queen regents in the world um there are not a lot of queen regents right now in fact there's one in in this present moment um and that is Queen Margrethe of Denmark and so she had lost her friend and also, like, the only other person who has this life experience that Margrethe is having. Um, and it's just, it's a hard thing to to be celebratory during. Um, and so that was, I'm, I'm glad that they were able to have the celebration, though, ultimately. I really am. Um, however... <laughs> Fast forward a couple of weeks, um, and Queen Margrethe is making headlines in international ways that she may have never have done before, um, because there was a decision um, that I think is, in general, 
a fine, smart, modern decision um, that her grandchildren from her second child would not have prince and princess titles or HRHs connected to their name um, after this year. So, well, like in January of now 2023. So those children are no longer prince or princess, um, their name. Nor are they HRHs or anything. And that created some waves. But then what really, like, I say I'm not going to talk about drama, but like, Sometimes you just can't not talk about things because the way her then second son and his family reacted was um, straight out of a diplomatic do not do this kind of thing. Um, Because it was, you could, they were airing their dirty laundry for the world to see. Um, And I understand that like it was painful, especially for the adult grandchildren who have been prince princes literally the entirety of their lives and they're like 21 and 20 or something like that like these are older children um who have had their titles taken away from them however I'm going to stand by I agree with the decision I don't think modern monarchies should have this many princes and princesses and um, wealthy things. Like, I don't think that should happen, um, for a lot of reasons. And I don't think it really does in a lot of monarchies, but it was to the point that, like, Denmark needed to make a decision. So Sweden has already taken this decision. Norway has pretty much taken a similar decision. Um, yes, the second children of, um, are, like, they have the title of prince and princess, some, but, like, they don't have HRHs. Um, and that's the expectation. Um, and so it's... I understand the decision very much. I don't um, necessarily agree with the execution on all sides because it was awful. It put Margrethe in, a, in an ugly situation that she had to, like, come out and make a statement about. Um, and it, it just showed that sometimes being a member of a family and also being a member of an institution, when those two things are one in the same, but cannot function the same way, of course it's difficult. Um, of course, like, of course it is hard to be queen of Denmark and to also be a grandmother and a mother who is taking everyone's feelings into accord and having the conversations that need to be had in a way that is loving and communicative. I don't think that would be easy for anybody, um, especially of an older generation that didn't grow up in the same way um, younger generations do, where conversations are kind of happening continuously, things like that. I I get it. Um, So that was... There was a slew of big events there in Denmark. Um, And so now we're going to move on to the Netherlands where like, I don't think there were a lot of big events. Um, Here is my preface with the Dutch royal family. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Dutch royal family for a lot of reasons that 
maybe someday I'll go into, maybe someday I won't, I, I won't, um, I haven't decided. Um, I did make the decision to include them in the podcast. If you are coming from the Daily Royal, you know I cut them out for a while. Um, well, for the remainder of that time, for a lot of reasons. Um, and I still stand by those reasons of not being a massive fan of them. Um, but I also think that they do good work. Some of that work needs to be highlighted. And I don't want to negate that for the things that I fund, like for the things that are so important to me, but maybe not to everyone. So with the with the Dutch royal family, here's what I expect. I expect a little bit of good with a little bit of bad. Um, and me talking about both, but also trying to keep myself as neutral and as objective as possible. Because I'm not neutral. I would like to be objective. Um, and so to talk about those things both good and bad kind of equally is going to be something I strive for and if it happens that I cannot and I cannot keep my personal views completely out of it then I won't talk about it but if I can then I would like to see what happens um so a couple of big things happened there that I really want to highlight um and they're really focused focused on the Princess of Orange. So Princess Catherine Amalia, um, who turned 18 um, in 2021, at the end of 2021. Um, but she has kind of been the, um, the topic of the year for the Dutch royal family um, from everything that I have followed, which again was not as much because I, I didn't really, I don't really love them. Um, but I like her, and I think a lot of her stuff needs to be talked about. Um, so, she started her university, her university experience, um, which was incredible. You know, it was intended that she would live on um, or near the campus that she went to. Um, and very unfortunately, briefly, she was able to do that. Um, because then it um, became a massive safety concern for her uh, to be living where she was. Um, and so she is still attending classes, um, but really she has to live at home. And not, not that she's living a bad life. She's living in a wonderful castle with horses and life. I mean, she's, she's fine physically, but like maybe not so much mentally. Um, she's not able to have the last kind of normal experience of her life. Her life was at risk daily and is probably at risk daily. Um, it's just a little safer because she's able to stay and live in the palace. Um, but no college student wants that, to not be able to have a social life outside of your home. No one wants that. That sounds awful. And I think that is something that we can all learn from. You know, I would like to think of the royal fandom as being this responsible community that isn't going to go out of its way 
to try and harm anybody, but that's not always the case. And so these are real people. That's one thing I've always liked to talk about is like, yes, these are fantastically privileged people who are public servants to the core um, sometimes, but they are people and people have feelings and emotions and concerns and fears like you and I who do not live in palaces. I'm not saying they're of the same scale or anything like that, but these are real people and their feelings and safetyhood should be taken into consideration um, because that's not fair. So that was the big thing that I want to talk about there. And, you know, we'll see what the year brings with the Dutch royal family. Um, in Norway, so there were, again, a couple of big things. Um, the first big thing is Princess Ingrid Alexandra, who is the daughter of the heir to the Norwegian throne. So in Norway, I'm really going to be talking about King Harald, Queen Sonia, Crown Prince Akun, Crown Princess Matamara, and Princess Ingrid Alexandra. Um, when, if she, when and if she has events. Um, so her big thing was she turned 18 in January and over um, the spring, summer time frame celebrated with like a big gala, um, which made a tiara debut for herself. Also, the Princess of Orange, uh, so Princess Catherine, Katerina Amalia, and also the Belgian heir to the throne, Princess Elizabeth, Duchess of Brabant. Um, it also provided my favorite photo of 2022 royal watching ever, which is like a heir to the throne photo of this generation. So it is Ingrid Alexandra, Elizabeth, Amalia, Princess Estelle of Sweden, and Little Prince Charles. The time was two, uh, maybe not even, of Luxembourg. Um, and it was, it's just a really cute photo. Um, tiara debuts are a massive thing. Um, and so for these three, it was, it was just really cool to see this happen. Um, and later, like it was revealed that the girls are in like a group chat on WhatsApp because again, they're like the only people in the world who know what the other are going through. Um, and it's, it's really cool to see them cementing a bond that their parents have had for years, um, and knowing that that is going to continue through them a little bit, at least. Um, so that's very cool. And then, um, the other big thing, and this is, again, kind of drama related, but like, on the same vein of like the Danish thing that happened. So King Harald and Queen Sonia have two children. Princess Marta Louise, who is actually older than her brother, Crown Prince Akun, but primogeniture was a whole thing, and boys got heir to the throne ship first. Um, and she, she seems like a wonderful person, but she's got some uh, <laughs> quirks. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know that that's what I want to call them. Um, she's just taken a path that is very alternative to what you would expect a royal to take. Um, her current fiance is a shaman, um, who has said some controversial things, um, that kind of got him in some not great 
spots with the Norwegian people. Um, and so the Norwegian royal family were kind of forced into this decision to act. Um, they had already made the decision that her children, so Princess Marta Louise, has been married before, um, and she has three children, and they do not have titles. Um, they never have, but it was it was more about her titles. So in her role, what is she going to be doing? If she's going to have a public life, is she going to be HRH Princess Marta Louise? Um, and the answer was no. So... She does not have an HRH. She will not use her princess title in her personal endeavors or personal professional endeavors. Um, She will not be a part of the family events of uh, like state standards, but she will be at things like birthdays and jubilees and things along those lines. Um, So her role within the royal family had already shifted a ton Um, and has continued to do so. Um, and I think, you know, I think that is what modern monarchy is. So one thing that I want to achieve by this podcast is like, yes, there is pomp and there is circumstance. And this event that I'm thinking about going to on Friday for the Spanish royal family has literally existed for like so many years, like 700 years or something crazy like that. I don't know if it's actually that money, but it's a lot of years, like 1600s, okay? Like, this has been a long-standing tradition. There is pomp and circumstance to it. Um, That stuff exists, and it is fun, but it's not what everyday monarchy is. Um, And so I want to focus on that in this podcast, is the modern monarchy and what that looks like. So, with that comes changing of things. Lesser people have titles, um, more specific kind of events, uh, the focus on the young royals in a, in a respectful way. Um, I also have this crazy concept that, like, 18-year-olds who are still in college should not be judged to the same extent that, like, the Prince of Wales or William should be, you know, kind of held to. Um, I don't think, even though they are at this point, I don't think Prince William and Princess Elizabeth of Belgium should be held to the exact same standard because they are at very different stages in their lives. Um... But I want to focus on, like, how that upcoming generation of royalty is growing into their role also. I think that's part of the modern thing. You know, Princess Leonor of Spain and the things that she is doing um, and what that looks like, even though she's not even 18 yet. Um, what Things like that. So that is going to be an ongoing conversation is how this modern monarchy looks like in an everyday European world. Um, And so with that, we're going to talk about the Spanish royal family and then finish out with the Swedish royal family um, and then kind of close out. So in Spain, Spain is for a lot of reasons the country I have probably followed the closest. Um, I also make no secret of this in my former podcast, and I won't here either, 
the Spanish royal family are my is my favorite royal family um, for a lot of reasons. Um, and some of it is just the the adversity of living in Spain and being a member of the Spanish royal family in this country is um, really difficult. And they handle it as well as they can all the time. Um, this this country is... And look, I've lived here... I, I haven't lived here that long. I've lived here for three and a half months. Like... And, and for the, those first two months, honestly, like, everything was new and an experience and it was confusing and wonderful and I'm not living like a Spaniard yet. Like, I'm still very much an American who happens to have an address in Spain right now. Um, it's, it, I'm not Spanish. But it is this very interesting culture in which, like, there can be some adversity there. Um, and you have to be very uh, cognizant of how you talk about it and things along those lines for a lot of reasons. Um, like, I have actually, in my, like, day-to-day life, I have talked about the royal family, like, twice. Twice. Um, the specific Spanish royal family. Like, I'm sure I will more, but, like, twice it's come up naturally um it it just it is the way it is and so I do focus on their stuff I'm gonna know a lot of their stuff because it's also the news that I watch it's the media that I consume etc like I, I it's also the language I understand somewhat of um But they they had a kind of boring year. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, their their year was boring. Um, the biggest thing, so Queen Letizia. Uh, so, in Spain, it's King Felipe, Queen Letizia, and their two daughters, uh, princess, the Princess of Astorias, Leonor, and Infanta Sofia. So, both of their daughters are under 18. Uh, Leonor turns 18 in October of this year, and Sofia, I think, turns... 17 this year? 16 this year? Maybe 16. Yeah, she turned 16 this year. Um, and so they're very young, but they are very active members of the royal family. Like, they are at events. Um, they do solo events. Things like that do happen here. So I will talk about them um, in a very cautious way because they are minors. Um... I am almost never going to be critical of young royals, just to clear that up. Like, they're young, they're learning how to do everything. And especially when they're babies, like, 8, 17, and 15 at the moment, we're going to really treat them with a lot of caution. um, Because that's just what you do. So, um, anyway. Okay, so back to the big event for Spain. Uh, Queen Letizia celebrated her 50th birthday. Um, I never expected something massive for her. Um, it's just not the way things are done in Spain. Um, however, again, her so Queen Elizabeth II passed away on September 8th, and Queen Letizia's birthday is on September 15th, and that was just a few days before the funeral uh, that 
everybody was going to be attending in um, London. And so there were not, there was no real recognition of her birthday. Um, There was a couple of documentaries that went out. Um, There were a lot of books that went out prior, um, a couple of which had some, uh, maybe not books. There was an article that had some cooperation from Casa Real, which is the royal household. Um, There were a lot of books released. I bought them all. I have read none of them because they are all in Spanish. And um, yeah, (laughs) maybe this year. Um, There was a lot going on, okay? (laughs) Moving to Spain was very hard. Um... There were some documentaries. There was a wonderful collab, collaboration video from a lot of the charities that she works with. Um, I expected there to be some photos released. And you cannot convince me that they don't exist. Um, because they released some for her 40th, um, when she wasn't queen yet, when she was the princess of Astorius. Um... So you cannot convince me that they, they don't exist. Now, they, they very well may not. Um, but I think they do because it seems unlikely that they would mark it with no way. However, um, I think navigating Spanish culture is uh, can be tricky. And so do you release some fun, flashy family photos? Um after the Queen of England has just passed away and, like, people are devastated across the world? Maybe not here. Other places? Sure. In Denmark, you can absolutely celebrate your jubilee two days later. In Spain, you cannot. Um, now, there was a big concert that she was scheduled to attend, put on by one of the charities she regularly supports and is maybe honorary president of. Um... And it did turn out to be more of a birthday concert kind of thing for her. Like, King Felipe made a surprise appearance with her. It was very sweet. It was very wonderful. Um, But it was not what it was intended to be. Um, A couple of other big things. So, the Princess of Astorias, Princess Leonor, um, did a pretty big solo event when she started winter break. Um, So, she visited the... Uh, Red Cross here in Spain um, to meet with a program that they are doing with young people. And I just think that shows like a trajectory of where she's headed. Um, She hasn't done, in fact, I think she's back at school now. Um, Spain is still off work, like off of uh, Spanish children are still out of school for another week. Um, But I think she is back at her school in Wales um, now. But she did that, of course, her kind of general events. Um, but there is a lot of talk because now it is 2023 and she is going to be turning 18 in October. Um, specifically on October 31st is going to be her 18th birthday, which comes with a lot of uh, nuances and things that we can talk about throughout the year. But right now, uh, that's the big news for her. Um, and kind of what's been going on there. Um, We are going to finish with Sweden. Poor Sweden always kind of gets like 
the the small end of this podcast and and did in the Daily Royal podcast as well uh, because I'm done talking by then. I just want to stop. It's a lot. Um, and, and sometimes they don't do a lot. Like, they are very, um, they don't do a lot of big flashy events. They don't seem to visit a lot of charities, um, and of the, of the top four royals. So, in the Swedish royal family, the main people I'm going to be talking about, King Carl Gustav, Queen Sylvia, uh, Crown Princess Victoria, and Prince Daniel, um, Crown Princess Victoria has two children as well, um, but they are like 11 and 7, so they're very, very little. Um, I will almost never talk about them, which is funny because I'm literally about to talk about Princess Estelle here in a second, um, but usually they are not working royals. They've gone to a couple of things, but they are small children, um, so when they make appearances, it's like a bigger deal for a bigger event. Um, they're not going to ever be the priority of the podcast. So there also just like wasn't a lot. Like the return to Nobel Prize in its full glory was chef's kiss. Like it was beautiful. Um, I don't know that I knew I missed the Nobel Prize as much as I did. Um, until I was able to watch it through, like, a different perspective of, like, being a royal fan and talking about the royal families every day for two years. Um, so I started this podcast and I started the Daily Royal in 2020. Um, and then two months later, the world shut down. Um, those are some fun episodes to listen to the first few iterations of the Daily Podcast after March 11th, um, when everybody started canceling everything, um, for a month. They were, it was a good time over there. Um, <laughs> gosh. But, um, that was a really cool event, but there weren't, like, a ton of massive things. Um, one big thing that I really appreciated always from the Swedish royal family is they do state visits very well. Um, so they received a couple of different state visits. Um, they had one from Finland um, and one from the Netherlands, and then they also went to Jordan, um, on a state visit, um, but the one from the Netherlands was just, it just hit different, um, and these monarchy to monarchy ones always do, they're always just a little bit better, um, from a, from a reporting on them side, it's because, like, for me, I get to see all sides of it, and it's really cool, um, but on a, just to watching it, the pomp and circumstance of a state visit from a monarchy to a monarchy is just beautiful. Um, and so the Dutch royal family came, so King Willem Alexander and Queen Maxima came to visit Sweden on a state visit in November. Is that right? No. September. I think it, I think it happened before I left, before I came here. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, the biggest thing from that was Princess Estelle, who is... So, 10, took part in her first state visit. Now, it was a little part, but they always do a welcoming, like, luncheon kind of thing. Um, and Princess Estelle got to be a part of it. So, she posed with the family for photos and things like that. And this is all because um, the Dutch royal family and the Swedish royal family have this long history of, like, 
godparent godchild relationships. So, um, King Willem Alexander is Princess Estelle's godfather, um, and he seems to be like a spot on godfather. Um, he loves that little girl so much, and it's adorable. Um, and Crown Princess Victoria is the same for Princess Amalia, and Queen Beatrix, Princess Beatrix was, you know, Princess, Crown Princess Victoria's godmother, I think. That might actually be wrong because of reasons, um, relating to primogeniture, but, like, there's a lot of that going on. Um, it's just how things are. And so that event was very, very cool to see them, um, together. Um, and so that's kind of the, the rundown of the highlights of the year. Um, it was definitely an intense year to be a royal watcher. So that's kind of what this is going to look like. Like I said, episodes are going to go up, um, every Monday, um, at noon Spain time, which is, uh, 6am on the East coast of the U S. Um, it's like nine to six, it's nine hours behind ahead of California. Um, yeah, lots of different time zone things, but noon every week, Spain time, um, is when I'm going to schedule them, but I'm recording them on Sunday nights. Um, there will be accompanying Instagram, YouTube, possibly TikTok, if I can figure out what to do on TikTok, still working on that one. Um, those are all coming in time. Uh, the Instagram is up. It is a Royal review. There is no active, like there's not a lot of activity on it at the present moment, but stay tuned as I kind of figure it out as I go. Um, rebuilding is interesting and fun and wonderful and um, also just take some time to figure out what kind of things I want to bring from the daily royal life to where we are now. Um, but with that, I am going to end this week's episode and I will talk to you all again on Monday. Bye!